All right, I am Haggai Davis III, along with Haggai Davis II, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Our show is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology that we like to keep topical, interesting, and digestible. We want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital, for making this possible. Cardinal Capital connects businesses to capital. It doesn't matter what business that you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of all sizes, life cycles, categories, and locations. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance current debt because of the new government programs and favorable interest rates, or finance new equipment, or maybe you're trying to acquire another business entirely, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When lenders cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic they were interested in by visiting our website techgumbo.net and this week's question actually came from me. We were on vacation and I had my phone in airplane mode and I was received, I received a couple of text messages. And so my question was, how could I receive a text message when in airplane mode? So this is interesting because to me, I was able to guess the answer pretty quickly. And the answer is that you have an iPhone and that you are messaging someone also on an iPhone. That's right. The Apple operating system, the iOS operating system, they use the, whether it's SMS or, or MMS, they will push that over the internet. I was connected to the internet, but I was not connected to the local cellular. So they could push that message to my phone only if it was another iPhone trying to communicate with me, which is why obviously I didn't get a whole lot of text messages. And there's a real simple way of knowing whether or not it's going over the internet or going over the cellular network. Yeah, the iMessage system is blue. The anything that is iMessage to iMessage is a blue text. Anything that is green is either to an iPhone that is is not able to use the iMessage system or it's to an Android and goes over the cellular network. That just is fascinating. I'd never really paid attention to whether or not it was blue or green. Once we kind of saw the article explaining it and we talked it through, I started going back and looking. And absolutely, there is blue text messages and green text messages. As it turns out, Google is not really happy with all of that. Yeah, so a lot of the features that are part of iMessage the being able to thumbs up a message, being able to emphasize a message, you know, all of those different reactions that you can do, as well as a lot of the, the rich features are unique to that iMessage system. And iOS intentionally keeps that restricted. Google has released a marketing campaign called Get the Message, wherever they are trying to generate a social media push to place pressure on Apple to adopt new standards that are open and allow other messaging platforms to communicate with this, you know, iOS, iMessage 
enclave. But typical of Apple, they're saying, no, we're good. We like our own enclosed little world that nobody else can be a part of. Everybody who's on Apple loves Apple. So y'all can just, y'all can go bang your drums all you want. We're not changing. Oh, yeah. Unless there's a huge groundswell of a push to do this, Apple has no reason. This this is a monopoly. This is not a bug. It's a feature that Apple has made this decision. And so they're not going to say, oh, yeah, one of the our retention policies that makes it suck for everyone else, we're not just going to make their lives better because then you might switch to them. We, we have this for a reason. We put up these walls for a reason. Yeah, I, good luck trying to get this changed, Google. But I am very skeptical of Apple ever actually giving up on this one. No, there's no way. Apple being Apple, they're sticking to their guns. This is the iOS operating system. It's the best operating system that's out there. We don't need to play with your sandbox. Everyone's in our sandbox is happy. So move along. Yep. So there's your answer. You can actually still get text messages in airplane mode. But even calling them text messages is a, an old holdover phrase because that's from the SMS language. We just, no one really noticed whenever that change happened. It was kind of subtle, it was kind of smooth. And we should probably have a better word for it, but until we really have the need to develop one that's what we'll call them that's the question since i already have a tech gumbo mug i don't have to worry about sending one to myself but if you would like a tech gumbo mug please go to our website techgumbo.net there's pictures of the mug there on the website send us a question i will, will be glad to send you one of these big beautiful mugs make you a, a happy tech gumbo mug user all you got to do is send us a question that you're interested in, and, and we'll give, get some answers for you. The big story we wanted to talk about this week is all about electric vehicles, but not just EVs, about charging and how these things operate. We wanted to kick off with the pretty big fact that Tesla is no longer the world's biggest electric vehicle producer. For most of its existence, Tesla was number one by a lot. And it's not even necessarily that Tesla's sales have dropped or that production numbers have dropped. They just got passed. The Chinese company BYD, being a Chinese company, has just more room to grow. There's just a larger market there. And so they've jumped out in front and probably will continue to stay in front. Especially when you consider that China has all of the lithium there in China that they could ever use, and they're not sending much over here to the U.S., so that holds back the production of EVs because they don't have the batteries, but China does. Oh, the coming disputes over lithium and the scientific community trying to find new ways to store power the, the lithium-ion battery technology is just so well-developed. It's such a mature technology. It's so prevalent. It's so convenient. Man, it's, it's going to be really tough whenever we have to switch out of this. Um, that is that's gonna, a, a coming problem that expect to pop up more and more in the coming years. But for those who have EVs already, 
some good news out there. Tesla is, they're allowing EVs to use their the Tesla supercharging stations. They're going to have adapters out there so that if you have, you know, a Leaf or one of the other companies that has one of the other EVs, you're going to be able to go to the Tesla supercharging station. I think this is actually a really good move. One, Tesla is still going to profit off of this because you will be buying the charging power from them. So it's not purely altruistic. But I think it also just helps the industry in general of if more people buy EVs, you're more likely to see other infrastructure popping up. You're more likely to see a general push in this direction. A rising tide lifts all boats. And so I think that's very much what Tesla's vision here is, is that they are really trying to do what's best for the industry. And they also benefit from this as well. Not to be the only ones, the pilot gas stations and the the Flying J travel centers, they've made a big announcement. They're going to start having EV uh, charging stations at, at their gas stations across the country so that, hey, when you're going across the country and doing that vacation, you need to pull in for some, instead of gasoline, you need to pull in for some electricity. Hey, come on over to our place and while you're here, maybe you can buy a few things, buy a cup of coffee, buy, you know, buy a sandwich, uh, some gas station pizza or sushi or whatever you want. I think there's also a huge advantage to being an early mover here. Whenever, you know, you're the only EV charging station for 100 miles, man, everyone has to come to you. And so if I'm one of these places that has the infrastructure to do this, I'm doing everything in my power to go find where those dead zones and let me put something there because you're going to funnel so many people across your system that, you know, the second guy, the third guy, the fourth guy, they're not going to get the same benefit. But you being number one, this is a huge, it makes so much sense, especially because the USDOT is also part of this. All of this federal funding that's coming out of this new infrastructure bill, the government is making a huge push under the Biden administration to have EVs become more possible and bring this price point down. And speaking of prices, with the soaring price of gasoline, buying an electric vehicle can pay for itself really quickly now. Yeah, this is a calculation which two, three years ago, whenever you looked at the price of gas or the price of EV, you said, okay, well, you know, I'm doing this because I want the EV, it's better for the environment, you know, blah, 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 blah. But now with the, the tax credit, the federal tax credit coming in, all of a sudden, it could just be cheaper. That whenever you look at how much you're spending on the gasoline versus the price of electricity, you could just put money back in your own pocket here. So with this $7,500 tax credit, number one, that pays for the charging station at your house with some money left over to pay part of the down payment on the vehicle. But then when gas is still over $3 a gallon here in Louisiana, I know it's higher than that in other parts of the country, but when it was up in the $4.50 range, it absolutely was making a lot more sense to use that electric vehicle instead of a gasoline. And, you know, so if it's a $30,000 vehicle, you get a $7,500 tax credit. Now it's a $22,000, $23,000. That's affordable at that point. 
Yeah, it's also it's an important strategic push from the U.S. government that a lot, you know, one, we are a next net exporter of oil, but some of the people who we do buy oil from the Russians, the Saudis, we don't love having to rely on them for a lot of different reasons. And so if all of a sudden we could just say, hey, you know what? You're doing a lot of things we don't like. We're going to drop this deal. You no longer have leverage over us. Man, that frees us up to really not have to play ball with some very bad people in the world. And so there's, you know, there's one, the local choice of you just saving money. Two, it's better for the environment. Three, it's better geopolitically. Man, this is actually like a very good step in the direction here. I'm I'm genuinely hopeful about this. Which leads into the fact that now automakers can actually sell their cars to everyone. This is the huge leap that some of the early Teslas were $60,000, and that's a luxury car. That is far outside the range of what the average American family is looking to spend or what they can spend. And you really have to have that price come down. You have to have the price of the technology, the price of the battery, those numbers have to become more reasonable over time. But we're seeing that. That is what's happening here. Especially when you, even for like the Teslas are now, you can get a Tesla under $30,000. Now, it's a not going to have all the bells and whistles, and it's a smaller version of, of you know some of their cars. But, I mean, you can go out and, and get one. And we found an article talking about crossing the, the chasm of no longer having to be a tech enthusiast or an early adopter, EVs are getting close to really being mainstream now. Yeah, this was a framework that we really liked. Uh, so crossing the chasm is a, a strategy from uh, one guy in particular. His name was Jeffrey Moore. He introduced the idea. But basically, if you think about a bell curve, the, the standard normal distribution, you know, you have your early adopters, you, you, you have the people who are, are earlier than them. But then after, after those people who jump in just because they like technology, they like something new, there's, there's a huge gap of people who say, you know, maybe I'm open to the idea, but you have to show me how are you going to save me time? How are you going to save me money? How are you going to make my life better? And that's a big leap to get from that, oh, it's flashy, it's new, I'll jump into it to really make a difference in my life, and then I'll pick it up. That's that chasm that he's talking about there. To get to that next group, so you you go from innovators and early adopters to the, the pragmatist. You know, they're going to be the early majority, as, as he calls them on, on his uh, chart. But to get from the visionary to that that pragmatist, you have a chasm. You had to have something happen. You had to have a trigger pulled, and that trigger was gas at $4.50 a gallon. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. That's the the people, the, the pragmatists as or the early majority, they say, you know, I, I don't need to be part of that first wave. I don't need to go, you know, be there when all the mistakes are being made. I need it to work in my life. I need my things to be reliable. I need them to be affordable. You know, I need them to be dependable. And so I, I don't I don't have time. I don't have the space to be part of that messy early process. 
But if you can show me that it works, you can show me that, you know, day in and day out, I can count on this to to improve my life. That's a huge, you know, leap that you're making there. And, and I definitely agree that this summer, a lot of people went, wait a minute, it's how much for me to fill up? And, you know, gas has come down since that peak, but it's entirely possible it goes back up again. That's the, a lot of these um, numbers are outside of U.S. control, and we're kind of just at the whim of the global market. When my 15-gallon tank of gas went from $30, $35 a tank to over 60 that was kind of a, a shot between the eyes that, hey, do you really want to go spend this money? Do you really want to make that big drive? And it it it, it was interesting. And so now you have you have this this event that's made, and I would consider myself in that early majority, that pragmatist group. I'm I'm not that early adopter or that innovator. I'm that's not me. But I would find myself like, okay, now you've proven it's a worthwhile opportunity. I'm interested now. I, I think the one thing which will be interesting to see how this plays out is that the private vehicle market in the U.S. behaves differently than a lot of other technologies because of how long the life cycle of a vehicle is. You know, your laptop, if you get four years out of it, you got a long time out of it. You know, cell phones are two years. TVs are probably in that five to seven year range. Cars are an average life of 12 years. In the U.S., a car, the average car, which means half of all cars in the U.S. are on the road for more than 12 years. And so in 2022, that means that, you know, half of our cars were bought in 2010. So you have this triggering event of gas being $4.50 per gallon, but a lot of people will just wait a long time before they make that decision to you know, adopt the next car in their life. So how does that play out here? How does that move the number one way and the other as to what does it take to trigger that chasm jump? And so President Biden has signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law. And inside of that is that $7,500 tax credit for a new EV. However, there are some limitations on that that $7,500, which means a go, no go for a lot of cars. Yeah. What is that limitation? The first one is where was the batteries made? If those batteries are made in China, you don't get your $7,500. If those batteries were made in North Korea or Iran, you don't get your $7,500 credit. The problem is, most of the batteries in the world that are lithium batteries came from either China, North Korea, or Iran. That's tough. And now, ultimately, what they're betting there is it's going to force consumers or it's going to encourage consumers to buy EVs from companies that have switched their manufacturing process. And so they're guessing this is how they can put the carrot out in front of these companies to say, hey, if you want more people to buy your car, because as we talked about, that drop from that $30,000 mark down to that $22,500, that's that range that a lot of people are looking at, putting it inside that affordable range, you are going to really see a, a big leap there is their guess. And so 
any company which can say, hey, look, come claim your tax credit with us. You have to think they're going to see a surge in customers and that that could be enough to really convince a lot of these automakers, hey, you know, move out of those countries, move out of those places, develop new processes so that we're not dependent upon China, we're not dependent upon Iran. And that way we don't repeat the process that we have now. We're reliant on Russia and Saudis for oil. Let's prevent this so we're not reliant on the other future countries that we still have problems with for the future technology. So if you're a geologist out there or a want-to-be geologist, get engaged because the federal government is looking for geologists right now and for chemists and, and scientists, engineers to all work together, come up with some new batteries, come up with new technology so we don't have to be dependent upon China or North Korea or Russia or Iran for our lithium anymore. Absolutely. Let's use technology, come together, make it better, and make it in America. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission. And that mission is to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed services provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers from Texas to the Carolinas. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through the continuous use of innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strength. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need new IT services, new technology, or you just have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show will rerun Sunday at 4. If you missed any part of our show or you would like to hear any of the previous episodes, check out our podcast, which is available on most every platform, including Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Overcast, Player FM, and more. And when you're there, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified every time a new episode is posted. If you like our show, if you have some suggestions or want to submit a question, let us know by visiting our website, techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.